All right, we're back on Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. I'm Andrew Work, but we're gonna, I'm going to hand the microphone over to Carolyn Wright. Uh, she's got the Your Money segment today, and she's asking how we should be reviewing our investment, investment portfolios at the beginning of a new year. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. I'm joined again today by Greg Van, CEO of the digital wealth platform Endowus. And we're going to continue our discussions looking at how you should be reviewing your portfolio at the end of the year and the beginning of a new one. Thanks for joining me, Greg. Thanks for having me, Carolyn. Let's start off with what you personally would be doing. At the end of a year, how would you look back and review your investment portfolio and think about its performance I see myself as like one of those super utilitarian people. I care a lot about efficiency, and that's from a cost perspective, but also in the way that I'm asset allocated towards my goals. So before I even look at performance, I actually look at my portfolios or I look at what I've invested in and make sure that it's still relevant for my life goals. So I have a, a mortgage to be paid off. I have three kids, so I need to worry about some of those future expenses as well. Other ambitions and large purchases that you know I'm thinking about in the next 10 years, 15 years. And what I do is I make sure that those goals are still relevant to my life because these things can shift and that's totally fine. And then I look and see how my risk is allocated in each of my portfolios. And in being organized, I actually separate every single goal out from itself. So it's not like I have three kids and I just say, oh, this money's for my children. I actually separated out child one, child two, child three, and things like that. And I know they have slightly different durations because they're different ages. And um, I have objectives there on what those goals look like. So then once I do that, which means that I'm now allocating the market correctly for my life, I go back and look at performance and make sure that the funds that I invested in did what they said they were going to do. I'm not asking them to be the top performing thing all the time. I wanna make sure that I am being compensated for the risk that I took. Unfortunately, easier said than done. I need to make sure that they remain diversified at a cost level, and sometimes funds actually raise their costs, at a cost level that I think is commensurate with the market, and that I am getting a net return that is commensurate with the risk and the fees that I'm paying. And at Endowus, we do this all the time. We have over 80 fund managers on our platform, over 200 strategies, and we're constantly doing this work to make sure that things are on track. The next thing we do is I really look at whether or not the portfolios have strayed from what we call a target asset allocation, which means that they have a target risk, maybe they have a target dividend or income payout. Different components of a portfolio may perform differently at different times. So for example, we know that US stocks performed really well, Asia performed less well. When that happens and there's a separation, we need to snap back the portfolio to our target weights and automatically basically rebalancing all those portfolios helps us stay on track, helps us actually be very disciplined in selling high and buying low. So for example, if US went up, Asia went down, still, I mean, I think there's perception out there that that trend will continue, but that's not clear, right? We only know what we know until this point. Forecasting is extremely, extremely difficult to get right. For anyone who looks at forecasts, 
and actually tracks what they say and then what actually happens, you'll see that there's really no pattern. <laughs> there's really very, very little pattern there. So having a behavioral sort of guidance to help you continuously sell high and buy low and rebalance the portfolio will actually help your long-term performance as well. So we let all those things play their course and then sit back and relax, really. <laughs> well, that I think is a very nice way to, to put it. And so I assume you, you think that everybody should be doing this kind of thing like once a year. Now, you spoke a lot also about risk and that's got to change quite significantly over the course of a person's kind of financial life. So how should people be bearing that in mind and, and balancing that risk for something age appropriate or goal appropriate? For sure. I mean, I'd say before we get to age and goal appropriate, there's behavioral appropriate, right? If I'm somebody who, you know, if I saw my wealth go down by 5%, I would freak out, sell everything, <laughs> take back my cash and so on and so forth, then that's even more important. It doesn't matter if you're 22 or 78. Yep. It's even more important that you basically don't cross that line. But taking that aside, if I was a very rational person and I had time towards my goals, your risk when you're younger can be higher because you have earning potential and growing earning potential. When you're sort of more middle-aged, you know, you're probably at peak earning potential and you really need to be thinking about what your drawdown years would look like. So when you're actually pulling money out of your wealth to live the lifestyle that you deserve from your hard work. And then finally, when you're in the withdrawal phase of life, again, another type of risk tolerance. And it goes from more aggressive to moderate to more sort of income generating when you're in retirement. Now, there's a lot of studies on this. My personal view is that even when you're in retirement, and we have clients who are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s on the Endowless platform, even when you're in retirement, it is still important that you are taking risk. Because if I'm 60 today, I got another 30 years. I need to be thinking about another 30 years. And if you go to cash, which a lot of people unfortunately do, you are losing out on an enormous amount of purchasing power and likely subjecting yourself after inflation to a decreasing quality of life. So understanding your behavioral risk tolerance and then the shape of your goals so what those cash flows, what those liabilities look like in the future can determine what every single one of your portfolios should look like. Again, I mean, taking back that 22-year-old, you know, with growing earning potential. If, for example, I had a house down payment as a 22-year-old in six months' time, just because I'm 22, I wouldn't put all my money into an aggressive portfolio. I would actually bucket out those needs because it is in the short duration or if I'm preparing to pay for my wedding in three years time, five years time, whatever, if people plan that far ahead when they're <laughs> to get married, uh, uh, then I would pull out those things from my overall savings pot. And I would therefore not really affect those important life events that would be upcoming. I think what people need to understand is we need to control what we can control, which is our behavior, our investment cost, our investment plan. It is not what the stock market will do today, tomorrow, in the next six months, or in the next year. We cannot control that. As much as we would like to, we cannot. So if we can control our investment plan in these things, 
we can actually design our portfolios around our life. And I think it's really important, you know, and it's a good reminder that money is actually a means to an end of the lifestyle or the purposes that you want to live towards. And it's not just chasing returns after chasing returns because you will undoubtedly, I mean, I'm 99% sure most people will shoot themselves in the foot if they're constantly trying to chase the highest return out there possible. So designing, again, I think organizing your wealth to design your life is the correct approach. Fantastic insights. Great to speak to you again. Greg Van, CEO of the Digital Wealth Platform and Dowis. And next time, we're going to look a little bit around MPFs.